I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning and welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAV. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, yeah, yesterday on the show, I was struggling for a quote, so I went ahead and found it. Um, this is, uh, you know, I think this is what this whole show is about. It was a uh, Samuel Adams quote I was searching for yesterday, and here's what it is. It says, it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. That's what I, I am keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of people. I would be considered probably, in conservative talk radio terms, a pretty radical, and you're going to get a good taste of that today. <laughs> um, but if I say so, if if I can get people to start thinking differently, start demanding more, asking for more, you know, people say they want freedom, they they don't like this corrupt political class, they think taxes are too high. So if I can say something about taxation, about war, about the Federal Reserve, just I am just trying to set brush fires in the minds of people to start thinking, to ask a little bit more uh, of your political class. Anyway, great quote. Probably going to hear that a lot. I may try to work that in maybe to my ongoing intro. Uh, I told you I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a radical. And I ran across this clip from another radical from back in the 1960s. Let me see if this is... Uh, yeah, I believe this was the 1960s, uh, 68, 69, maybe. That's just by memory, so I could be wrong. Uh, this was just an interesting clip that I ran across from Muhammad Ali uh, back in the 1960s as he was just coming on. And, and you understand, he, his name was Cassius Clay. He changed it to Muhammad Ali, and he notoriously uh, sat out and was a conscientious objector over the Vietnam War. Now, I would imagine a lot of people really looked down on him Uh, at that time. But we know now, with hindsight, the Vietnam War did not need to be fought. It wasn't about securing liberty. I don't know if you've noticed. (laughs) Communism is still right where it was back then. I mean, we didn't didn't do anything. Uh, Vietnam was a tragic mistake, as is every war that we have entered uh, since World War II. And you could probably make some arguments for the way World War II rolled out, too, being a little bit more um, controlled by the elites, maybe, than we'd like to recognize. But anyway, I wanted to play this clip because it brought up something in my mind, and particularly at this time in our history, where we are seriously toying with a new world war, a war with Russia and China, potentially simultaneously, and it probably will draw on the other side as these people are creating an alliance. They're they're sick of the American control. They're sick of us bossing everybody around. Uh, On their side would probably also be ultimately uh, India, 
Brazil, uh, Iran, for sure, uh, North Korea, uh, possibly even um, Saudi Arabia. Don't know if you've seen this, but Saudi Arabia actually has recently done kind of a peace deal with Iran, brokered by anyone, anyone, the Chinese. Chinese are actually right now talking uh, about trying to broker peace between Ukraine and Russia, and I hope they do it. And I hope they rub our nose in it around the world saying, see, if you follow the American way, you get more war. I don't like the Chinese communist government. And of course, this would just be, you know, some grand. It's not like they care about human beings or they wouldn't have a communist government in the first place. But it is time that people understand that the United States is not ever interested in peace. I don't think Biden has a single person actually negotiating. We got a whole lot of people called diplomats. Where the hell are they these days? But anyway, so going back to this clip from Muhammad Ali, he was asked uh, about the draft, and he had this to say. I'm saying you're talking about me about some draft, and all of you white boys are breaking your neck to get to Switzerland and Canada and London. I'm not going to help nobody get something my Negroes don't have. If I'm going to die, I'll die now right here fighting you. If I'm going to die, you my enemy. My enemies are white people, not Vietcongs or Chinese or Japanese. You my opposer when I want freedom. You my opposer when I want justice. You my opposer when I want equality. You won't even stand up for me in America for my religious beliefs, and you want me to go somewhere and fight, but you won't even stand up for me here at home. All right. So now, let's let's first of all, bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. We have to remember the time at which this was recorded. Uh, I think we could all admit now Muhammad Ali had a legitimate gripe back in the 1960s as the struggle for civil rights was going on. There were still people being beaten in the streets for marching for equality. There were people being spit on. We, we had a, we've got some ugly past there in the battle for civil rights. So understand, at the time Muhammad Ali uh, was speaking at this time, he was being oppressed by whites. Now, I don't know he would have said the same thing. I don't know how long ago Muhammad Ali died. I don't think he would have said the same. He didn't continue that tract. He seemed to very well assimilate once civil rights was settled. Uh, He seemed to live in the world. I could even be wrong about that. I don't know. But you have to remember at that time, I'll tell you why I bring it up, though. Because at a time where now, you know, we, we may be asked to sacrifice a lot going forward should they actually get these wars kicked off. And it could even be that they may come after your young people. We need some bodies. This is going to be a world war. They are trying to stoke World War III. I'm, I'm hoping it's a little bit of hype, a little bit of distraction. But what's going on in Ukraine right now is certainly very ugly. But what's interesting is your government comes to you. They create these hostilities, create the wars. Then they come to you and tell you, as Muhammad Ali says, You want me to go fight and die for you when you won't protect me? Now, here's where our government is right now. Our government right now won't protect our rights here. Our government that may ask you to serve or ask you to sacrifice, and maybe it's just economic sacrifice. They're already sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine while people wait in nine-hour food lines, but they say it's worth it. It's the most important thing. They want you to sacrifice here. This is the same government asking for us to sacrifice that steals our money, locks us in our homes, closed a bunch of our businesses. Hell, they make us ask for permission to even open a business in the United States 
This government spies on us, censors us. It spends the money of our children and grandchildren, as I discussed yesterday. This is the same government that may come to you and ask you for some level of sacrifice, economic or personal, or maybe they want our children to go off and fight in one of their needless, bloody wars. These are the same government that locks up people for victimless crimes. They issue fines for even the slightest transgressions of laws that were just enacted by a bunch of busybody bureaucrats. Your government is currently trying, particularly under the Biden regime, attempting to take away your gun rights, leave you vulnerable at home. In some cities, you may be safer, safer on the front line somewhere than being unarmed in an inner city in the near future. But this is the same government. They indoctrinate our children. They force vaccines on them and have stolen the American dream from their grasp through things like destroying our currency and destroy, you know, crushing the middle class. And so I feel very similar to the way that Muhammad Ali did back in the 1960s when somebody asked them, hey, are you, why aren't you going and willing to risk your life and sacrifice for your country? He says, well, my country doesn't care about me. This government that we have right now doesn't care about any of us either. It's just interesting. I, this is probably one of the more radical things I have to say. <laughs> Me aligning myself with 1960s, essentially Black Panther, Muhammad Ali, but he was on to something. He recognized, why would you serve something that quite obviously doesn't care about you and doesn't serve you in any way? And this is where we are. And as bad as the Chinese and Russian governments are, particularly for the, the people in their country, none of them has done anything to me. You know, when my government routinely abuses us, steals from us, oppresses us, lies to us constantly, you really have to ask yourself, what, what is this shared sacrifice they're asking for? Of course, we also know uh, their side of the ledger when it comes to sacrifice eh, doesn't really seem to exist, does it? They seem to be doing quite fine, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. You know, and when you're talking about government abuse, now, what happens is I run across a series of clips and like, you know, I, I may run across 45 news stories. Five of them kind of seem to be related. And I think to myself, hey, boom, there's a show. <laughs> so here we go. I want you to listen to this. This is, this is uh, the current government as it stands right now. Uh, this is a woman's interaction with the FBI. The FBI. Now, it was a heavy lift when I came on air in 2017 to tell you we didn't need an FBI. The United States shouldn't have a national police force, a, a, a group that spies on us and all of these, that these thing, kinds of things could be done with more traditional law enforcement. That was a kind of a heavy lift back in 2016. By the time 2020 rolled around, it's, a, it's an easier message for me, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm telling you, libertarians are ahead. They're ahead of the curve on a lot of these things. But this is the FBI. Uh, they came to a woman's home. Now, she does not show their face, I think out of fear. Uh, she explains it in, in a bit of her Twitter feed. But these are the FBI that came to her house to question her about some of her activities. If you can't get it from this clip, because it's, it's a, little, a little hard to understand exactly what's going on, I'll explain it after the clip. Fight back. Yeah, do, you, do you have plans to hurt anybody? I meant by refusing their shots. So we have to ask That's how you fight back. We just have to clarify. Okay, well, that's what I meant. Do I have intentions to hurt anybody? No, I don't. 
We have no plans of executing or carrying out. How can you execute a corporation? It's not a human being. So you have no plans on executing Pfizer? No, because you can't physically do it. It was a joke. You can haunt buildings. You can. There's plenty of things you can do to harm a corporation. That's why we're here to ask you. You That's have no intention of harming a corporation or, or doing anything to dis destroy, cause destruction to any of their facilities. No, ma'am, I don't. You're here representing Pfizer. And there it is. The FBI came to this woman's house because she put some things that were very uh, probably aggressive towards Pfizer. And, and if you can hear those things, you know, obviously the microphone doesn't pick up the FBI officers very well. But they're asking, uh, do you plan on uh, plan on assassinating uh, anybody? Are you planning on hurting? Any she made some social media posts against one of the most evil corporations on planet Earth. You can do a, a, an Internet search for Pfizer rap sheet. They've paid so many fines and done so many hor horrible things to affect Americans' health while making billions in the process. They've bought our media. The FBI went out to question a woman about some social media posts she made hostile to Pfizer. The U.S. government works for Pfizer. You know, the left, the poor left, so easily misguided. They've got one thing right. There is fascism in this country. They just, like everybody else, refuse to see it when their guy's in charge. Fascism, the marriage of government and corporations, does it get any more married than that? Pfizer going out, sending FBI agents to make sure that this woman this middle-aged woman is not going to attack Pfizer. Uh, Pfizer responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans just in the past couple of years. And we're all hoping, crossing our fingers, praying that somehow that comes out. This is our government these days, though. Unbelievable stuff. More to come. Be right back. I've got another clip of government overreach, potentially. Now, I don't know the whole backstory on this, but I'm also going to try to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, this, one, this one is pretty funny. Uh, this is a news story. There's TRS. Uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, where this guy was, but he apparently was approached by, while he was out jogging, was approached by the police and arrested for indecent exposure. Now, let me just tell you, I don't know the backstory of this. Uh, I believe we are over-policed to a degree. This guy might have been doing something. He leaves out of the story here. I I'm not here to say I'm playing this because I just think it's pretty darn funny. Hopefully this guy is not some really horrific human being. <laughs> he, he may be. I think he has a, a bit of a record. But this interview is just worth playing. We, we, eh, we have to have a little fun every now and then. Arch demand. 31-year-old Dwayne Townsend is charged with indecent exposure and disorderly conduct on several occasions dating back to November of 2018. And you see, that's what the problem is. Now, 
it's a beautiful day. I want to come outside with my shirt off and I was just jogging, trying to get my body back in shape. And all of a sudden, I get hit stick like I'm on Madden, just boom, out of nowhere by a cop. And, uh, you know, it scared the hell out of me. I was so scared, y'all, I didn't on myself. And I'm talking about I was wet. I was wetter than a well in a bubble bath drinking a bottle of water, okay? And to myself, I said, indecent exposure, hold up, wait a minute. Something ain't right. What you want me to do? I'm a man. You want me to put on a bra? Man, that bra strap will snap like a budget cord. Just go. <laughs> and, you know, I just came out of court. And they just gave me two court dates. One for each titty. This is a It's had a fantastic response. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just thought this car was kind of funny. Now, I, I may be. I guess I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit of my, my criminal history here, too. I have been charged myself with indecent exposure. Uh, I don't know. This may be the first time the station ever hears this. Maybe this will be the last show I ever do. Uh, when I was younger, college age, uh, the line to the bathroom inside the bar I was uh, at in Jackson, line was pretty long. I had had a few beers, maybe. So I went out to the parking lot that was surrounded by woods and went behind a tree, nobody else around, and decided to uh, do what men do in nature, to commune with nature. Uh, when I stepped out from behind the tree, like a good movie, uh, there was a cop. That <laughs> was one of those, what are you doing back there? Nothing, officer. Don't make me go look, that kind of thing. So I confessed. I was actually arrested because I was in the dark behind a tree of a parking lot, arrested for indecent exposure uh, because I, as I said, communed with nature because the bathroom line was too long. So maybe I've got a little bit of a, a soft spot for that. But <laughs> that guy, uh, that guy, he's morbidly obese. I think this is why he is uh, maybe pulling him off the road for jogging uh, in that particular condition was something they felt they needed to do. Um, a couple of quotes of the day today. Uh, let's see, we got here, uh, Tim Pool. Tim Pool. a lot of people big Tim F Pool fans now. He's kind of one of these guys, I, you know, he's probably, uh, he's, he's anti-woke. He takes on some of that stuff. I, I don't listen to a whole lot of Tim Pool, but I found this interesting just because he said this. Feels right for the Mike Madison show. He said, uh, we must actively destroy the Democrat and Republican parties. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Spike Cohen, who was the vice presidential uh, nominee for the Libertarian Party back in 2020 with the hapless, unimpressive Joe Jorgensen at the top of that ticket. But Spike Cohen, who's got an interesting Twitter feed, if you want to get inside the mind of uh, today's Libertarian, Spike Cohen replied to that. He said, agreed. First step is to stop falling for their good cop, bad cop routine. They aren't, quote, lesser evils, unquote. They're playing us all against each other while they rob us blind. Amen. While they rob us blind. I got a clip here. I don't know if I'm going to play it. Uh, Tucker Carlson had done a show. And uh, just in the middle of it, I'm, I'm kind of listening to it. You know, I only see clips. I don't have cable. I don't want to waste the money. A little sad about that around uh, uh, March Madness, I will say. But I, I find a way. I make my way to find the games I want to see. But um, I don't have cable, so I run across clips with Tucker. But in the middle of this thing, he went off. And it's largely around the January 6th stuff about just how horrific both of the political parties are. And it's one of my favorite things about Tucker Carlson. 
love a lot of the stuff he does. I disagree with him, you know, on some things in particular. He's got some terrible things to say about libertarians. Not sure why. <laughs> Maybe because it's popular. Um, but uh, but he, he went off on the two-party system. I, I just didn't, I didn't timestamp this thing. I don't want to play too long of a clip to get to it. Uh, but here is one about the parties, too, that I tell you what, felt a little uh, suspicious. A little suspicious. I, I've warned over the year about um, bipartisanship. I've said since the day I came on air, and many years before, when people just had to listen to me talk in real life, beware of the bipartisanship. For all the people out there saying, I wish they would just come together and get things done, I would say, no. We don't want them doing anything. If they want a bipartisan undo something, I'm probably okay with that. That's extremely rare. Unless it benefits the oligarch class, then maybe they'll come together and repeal a regulation or something. But when they come together, I get very suspicious and very... Uh, very antsy. And here it was. The U.S. House of Representatives voted unanimously to declassify all intelligence related to COVID-19 origins. Bill requires the Biden administration to declassify and release all intelligence related to the origins of COVID-19 and its possible connections to the Wuhan Institute of Virology within 90 days of receiving the president's signature. Uh, yeah. I've already talked about this in shows since I've been back. They've decided, they've decided that too much of the truth is coming out about what's going on with COVID itself, with the funding of stuff. They are trying to redirect everybody uh, just to look at China. They're going to make this a China issue. They'll probably leave out a lot of the parts about the U.S. funding stuff over there. And I'm no fan of China, trust me. But I see warmongering. I see uh, foreshadowing, uh, conditioning of people. This is our Congress coming together. Now, this stuff should be declassified. But when I see bipartisanship like this, I tell you what, it, 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 there's so obviously some good people. Thomas Massey must have voted for this thing. I don't know. It was 419 to 0. Maybe he abstained or wasn't there, but maybe he voted for it. Thomas Massey, probably the best voting record maybe in all of Congress ever. He's extremely good on the Maybe he voted for this. I'm for declassifying just about everything. I think we'd. I think it'd be very interesting to see the truth of what's been going on uh, in our government for the past fifty years. You want to talk about a hair-raising, <laughs> hair-raising set of facts that might reveal. Uh, but when it, I just know when these two corrupt parties come together, join hands, and and take on an action, you can bet they believe they're going to benefit from this action, and I believe it's going to be because they are making this pivot. They're making this pivot or just trying to tack on uh, aggression towards China on top of the aggression, the aggression with Russia. I'm just saying bipartisanship. <laughs> it is not all it is billed uh, to be. I tell you what, get a couple of notes together here and take a quick break and we will be right back. Stick around. Back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WYAB. I've warned you on this show, I'm, I'm getting kind of radical. 
I've done Muhammad Ali. I'm agreeing with Muhammad Ali in spirit and really agreeing with what he said back in the 1960s, too. The country wasn't being nice to him. I don't think he had some moral obligation to go and fight a war for them. And as we know, the Vietnam War, needless and disastrous. I'm getting a little radical today. Another, another topic that may that makes conservatives uncomfortable, but it's kind of what I do. <laughs> I'm pushing the boundaries of freedom. I'm opening the Overton window wide. Uh, a couple of quotes here I ran across. This is a uh, Hotep. I, I I think the guy's name is Hotep Jesus. Is that what he calls himself? I I don't I don't know. Maybe this isn't him. I don't know. Uh, but they tweeted this out. Breaking. Corrupt politicians that you voted for because you were choosing the lesser of two evils uh, did some really corrupt blank, but you can't wait to defend them because the other side is so much worse. This is why we can't have nice things. We did it to ourselves. And that's a, that's a, he should pin that to the top of his Twitter feed. <laughs> that's basically what we find out every single day. They've done a bunch of corrupt stuff. Uh, but you can only criticize the other side. We did it to ourselves. Uh, Liberty Lockdown is a guy, Clint Russell, does a good show called Liberty Lockdown. He said this, if you're going to make me choose between a sitting president who wants war with Russia or a whole slew of presidential candidates that want war with China and Mexico, I choose, beep, you. <laughs> yeah, I agree with him there, too. Uh, this was it's kind of along the, the lines of the story I'm about to cover here. There's a meme out there. From Liberty Minds, it's one of the, uh, what's the girl Simpson, uh, Lisa Simpson, standing with a whiteboard behind her. It says, all the scary things you claim would happen without the state are things that are currently happening with the state. And this is one of the kind of funny things, you know, I get pushback as a libertarian when I say you're going to, you know, end this or end that and stop doing this or stop doing that. And they say, well, if you do that, this is going to happen. And I'll say, well, that's happening right now. It's just that we have to fund it. We have to suffer the indignities of rule by a corrupt uh, ruling class. These things are already happening. All the things that most people fear about real freedom, they're actually happening right now. Right now. Uh, recently, as I say, I, I play a little catch up to the news, but I try to get everything kind of all my topics together in little packets here. So it may take me a couple of weeks to get to certain things. But the, uh, the cartel killing of two Americans... It was incredibly sad. I, I don't really know the backstory of if these were just regular tourists or whatever. It's still sad. There was footage of this, the cartel abducting four people. Apparently, they killed two of them, uh, last that I saw. Uh, Biden is considering adding the Mexican drug cartels to the terrorist list. Now, this is interesting. I've covered it before. There was a big war between the Sinaloa cartel and I can't remember the other name. Uh, the CIA actually, uh, they went on the side of the Sinaloas. This was found out that they were actually essentially uh, throwing in with them. They thought it would create a, a more peaceful uh, drug situation if the, if the war wasn't quite so messy. So they, they threw in with the Sinaloa drug cartel. This is also the same, same group of people that were facilitating the crack cocaine being brought into the inner cities in the late 1980s, early 90s, as exposed by Gary Webb, if you're not familiar with that. Pretty fascinating story for this government that tells you they're hard at fighting the war on drugs. So Biden is considering naming these cartels terrorists. Um, I'll do it again. I'm just going to caution everybody from making everything terrorism. 
Even uh, I hear a lot of people, you know, there was some lawyer for the, uh, I think it was the Southern Poverty Law Center was found to be part of Antifa. He was charged, I believe, as a terrorist. I think it's got a lot of people, you know, we're all, I, I don't like the Southern Poverty Law Center at all. There's a ton of laws on the books uh, about creating mayhem, damaging property, attacking people that are already on the books. Don't get real excited when even your political foes get charged with terrorism. Because, you know, when they declare you a terrorist, there's a whole nother set of rules that go with uh, charging you and prosecuting you. And they violate a whole lot of civil liberties. Now, these Antifa thugs, they commit a whole lot of crimes, and they may act and it may feel like terrorism, and I'm, I'm down with that, but this classification by law enforcement, be careful what you allow them to use, even on the other side. I say this to the left and the right, because when they evoke terrorism and call you a terrorist, there's all kinds of things that have come up since 9-11 that mean your due process is done, it's gone. They can just target you. All they have to do is basically add you to a list. I don't know. Maybe there's, you know, some some laptop in the White House or the FBI where they just go, hey, add Mike Madison to that terrorist list. So now he can't fly. We can scoop him up. We can do whatever we want to. I'm, I'm just telling you, don't get too excited. Even these cartels, they create a lot of mayhem. They murder people. They do things that are already illegal. Declaring they're terrorists just opens up a whole new can of worms. And I believe there is the, the, the idea is the governments want to be able to just call everybody terrorists because then they don't have to give them any due process. And you can only imagine a government drunk on power that doesn't have to abide by any civil rights of anybody, as bad as the cartels are, more on that in just a second, as bad as they are, I'm just cautioning you. This idea of expanding the... Expanding the idea of terrorism will come back to bite you. Another libertarian prophecy. Uh, it has been foretold. Uh, so the cartel killed two people. It, it, what's interesting to me is why don't they just defund the cartels? You, you know it's easy, right? You just end the war on drugs. Do you know what happened to all of the prophets uh, uh, with Al, uh, was it Al Capone during the 1920s? You know what happened to all of his, the money that he was making from, uh, and all of the violence, all of the henchmen he was able to, to hire, all of the cops he was able to buy, all the judges he was able to buy? You know what happened to all of his money when they ended Prohibition? Uh, it all went away. Yeah. The violence started when they had Prohibition. The bribing of officials started when they had Prohibition. These street wars started when they started Prohibition, and they ended when Prohibition was over. Now, of course, they morphed into other things because the government also tells you that you can't have a home poker game. So they open up poker places. All kinds of these rules where they try to, uh, try to curtail our own personal behaviors, so they create prohibitions on a whole lot of things, many of which we would all look, our no you know, look down our nose at and say those are not positive human activities, but... You keep creating criminal organizations that just go after everything that is prohibited. So if you want to defund the cartels, you just make their products legal. You put them in the hands of law-abiding, normal human beings willing to compete uh, on the business side, settle their differences in a court of law, provide safety for their products so they don't just automatically kill people the way that they do right now. The war on drugs is responsible for the cartels. Not the drugs themselves. 
As I've said, early 1900s, you could have gone to the equivalent of the CVS or whatever it would be back in the day, local pharmacy, before we had huge corporate control, feeding, you know, shoving pills down everybody's throat. You could go to the local pharmacy and get yourself cocaine or heroin. That was back in the day. There weren't criminal gangs. We didn't have cartels in Mexico smuggling that stuff up. I guess they were just growing it here or they were just shipping it up. And the pharmacies were using it for pain management and all kinds of things. You could end the war on drugs. But the war on drugs, Mike, it's such a success. We can't stop doing that now. Much like Lisa Simpson said, all the things that you're scared about if you ended the war on drugs, they're all happening right now. Mike, if you end the war on drugs, there's going to be drugs everywhere. There are drugs everywhere. <laughs> Mike, if you end the war on drugs, I mean, it's all happening. All of the bad consequences of drug use are happening right now, plus the cost of fighting it and the gangs and the violence and everything else. I don't know if you've noticed, but it is perfectly safe to walk in front of, buy a liquor store. You can go in. There's always a nice clerk. It's a safe, clean environment. You don't have to shoot it out in the street, and you don't have to brew your own stuff in your tub that, well, it might kill you. No. You get a perfectly safe product in a perfectly safe place. The precedent for ending prohibition is already, already up, uh, among us. Uh, but then I ran across this story. Global cocaine production hits record high as new trafficking hug hubs emerge. Uh, how old is this war on drugs now? Uh, Fifty years, really, in earnest. It's about it's about a hundred years old. Uh, Chasing the Scream, such a great book, it explains the nexus, the beginnings of the war on drugs, and why it actually happened. It's a real eye opener. I won't get into it now, but it, it's a brilliant book if you really want to know what the war on drugs is about. And for anybody out there and the conservatives that really recoil when I bring this up, uh, the war on drugs is a U.N. plan. That's right, the United Nations. We just adopted some U.N. stuff, world government stuff. The prohibition of drugs in wholesale manner with huge law enforcement, a huge apparatus to fight it, uh, that's U.N. one world government stuff. Just letting you know, you can research that for yourself. But anyway, how's it going? According to a new United Nations report, there's been a spike in global cocaine production as demand bounces back after COVID lockdowns, reaching unprecedented levels. Between 2020 and 2021, coca cult uh, cultivation soared by 35%, sharpest yearly increase since 2016. And there's charts in here of uh, the amount of cocaine going out, out the door. Most definitely down in, in Colombia. I mean, it's just, it, this is beyond insane. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Wasn't that Einstein? Was it Einstein? I am the quote guy. I should know who says all these things. Wasn't it Einstein that said, uh, that's the true definition definition of insanity? Well, we have been doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And the answer to it is, oh, we just got to give them 10% more money. We just need to hire 10,000 new agents. I can't tell you how many of these shows. I, I like true crime stuff, you know, kind of historical reenactment stuff. I'm fascinated by the DEI, DEA guys that go undercover for years. I don't admire what they do because I realize they're in a, in a failing mission, but it's pretty fascinating to see what they go to. But then I always, at the end of the show, I go, wow, I wish I knew how much that whole operation, you know, you see you know, hundreds of officers involved, transcontinental, law enforcement in all these different places. And then after eight years, they take down the big cartel boss. And within a day, there's a new cartel boss. <laughs> Many times after a bloody war for power, it's finally settled again, and we have the next cartel guy. 
So if you want to end this, this tying it all back together, the sad story of Americans were killed by the cartel. Number one, beware of labeling everybody a terrorist that does horrible things. There's laws on the books about doing horrible things to other human beings. But number two, can we please just defund these people? End the stupid war. It's it's just like all the other wars. So dark, you can't see the end. Skies cocked back. And shock at which can't defend. The rain then sends dripping. Acidic questions. Forcefully. The power suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor. And pours over the rusted world of pretend. And the eyes ease open and it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. Right in the top I stop. At the core I forgot it. All right, I've only got a few more minutes left in the show. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYEB. I am I'm pre-recording these things. You can catch them also on podcast if you want to share this radical with any of your friends or family. Uh, just be prepared to defend me a little bit <laughs> if they're normies. Uh, but you can reach me. Since you can't call in these days, uh, you can reach me, Mike Madison at WYAB.com. I want to uh, disagree or just add anything to the show, something I might want to take a look at, please email me there. Um, this was another thing. It's a little bit of an older clip, but this was uh, Matt Taibbi uh, went before Congress to talk about Twitter files and those kinds of things. It was just blasted by the left as one of the few real journalists out there. It was amazing to watch the left attack him. I mean, they've lost all moorings to anything they once stood for at all. If they, and obviously they didn't really stand for these things. They were just pandering. But freedom of the press and truth is just the enemy of the Democratic Party now. So, but this clip was almost funny to me. Now, I don't know if this guy seems fairly young. Maybe he's in his 30s or something. Maybe he just, you know, I was, I was dumb into my early 30s. I was still a Kool-Aid drinking neocon Republican who thought we needed to go around the world and put our boot up people's butt. Uh, so maybe he's just young and stupid, but he was talking about, you know, I'm going to do another show about the intelligence agencies and social media. There's some pretty amazing things about that that I don't think got enough attention in the Twitter files. But uh, when he was talking to Matt Taibbi, uh, this guy said this. I think. Let me let me tell you who he is. This is uh, Representative Colin Allred. I'm not sure where he is, uh, but uh, he's a Democrat Congress critter. I think I hope that you can actually take this with you, because I honestly hope that you will grapple with this, that it may be possible that if we can take off the tinfoil hat, that there's not a vast conspiracy, but that ordinary folks and national security agencies responsible for our security are trying their best to find a way to make sure that our online discourse doesn't get people hurt or see our democracy undermined. And that the very rights that you think they're trying to undermine, they may be trying to protect. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah, our inta- uh, intelligence agencies, as I said, I'm going to do a show deeper into this, that have infested social media, the ones that were responsible for censoring everybody during COVID, during Russiagate, during uh, January 6th stuff. All of the censorship that was done by our intelligence agencies in our own social media. And when I do this next show, it'll probably come out next week. I may go ahead and do this. Uh, you know, they talk a lot about TikTok scooping up our data. They're so concerned with TikTok. Now, I'm not going to keep beating that dead horse. I've talked about it a lot. But boy, when you realize, you realize the manipulation of our own American red, white, and blue intelligence agencies, what they have done 
uh, in terms of manipulation and propaganda through our own social media companies, you might you might back off the the ledge on TikTok just a tad bit. It's pretty horrific. But the idea that these guys, Matt Taibbi, needs to take off his tinfoil hat and just consider, just consider for a moment that these intelligence agencies, remember, it was, was it 16 out of 17 intelligence agencies came out and said the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation? Do, do we think that they were they were all fooled, these, these men and women of such wisdom and worldly knowledge? They all got duped? I don't know what the one was that didn't get duped by it. They might have disagreed, but they're constantly telling us that all these intelligence agencies, uh, these are the intelligence agencies that told you there were weapons of mass destruction in uh, Iraq. The intelligence agencies telling you that Bashar al-Assad gassed his own people. The intelligence agencies that sent us to Vietnam based on an event, the Gulf of Tonkin, that never happened. These intelligence agencies... I mean, you know, it, it hit me the other day. Where did they get the term intelligence agencies? Wouldn't they be like information agencies? They gather information, right? I think that was, and I'm sure this has been around for a long time. I think this is the, the beginning of gaslighting of the national security state. They just labeled it intelligence. <laughs> I don't, maybe this is an old, old predates the United States term, but it just, it just, I was thinking about it the other day. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of intellectualism or intelligence coming out of these agencies in the United States. They're constantly wrong, constantly caught doing uh, bad things. I think intelligence, we should strip them of that title. I'll give them information. I'll give them propaganda agencies, but intelligence? I don't know. I think it's time to maybe retire that term. Anyway, thought that was worth talking about. I, I, I'm going to talk more about this, uh, the, the role of our government uh, in social media. On the right and the left, it's for everybody to consume. The control that they have over it is really very chilling. As I've said, I believe the Soviet Union would have been extremely jealous of the system that has been set up here in the United States. Don't be distracted by some other countries, horrible social media things spying on you all might want to start paying attention to the one that you use on a daily basis that is also spying on you. And the people collecting the data from those from those social media applications are the people that can knock on your door and haul you away. I'm that happy thought. That's all the time I got. I'll see everybody next week. Uh, bye-bye.